This is the uh, first episode I only watched one time before we recorded. I'm assuming the same for you guys. Uh, no, Not I the first one, to... but I did only watch it once. I was able to watch it twice. Wow, look at you. Well, guess who gets to walk us step by step through this whole episode? Because it went by so fast and I almost peed my pants four times. I don't remember. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this episode is um, it feels like there's just like a bunch of giant epic stuff. But like most of the giant epic stuff is wrapped up by about two thirds of the way through the episode. And then there's like a huge ending um, that goes on the that goes on it. But I mean, the two major bits that are important, obviously, are the fight between Anakin and Vader on unnamed spiky rock planet. Right. Um, and, um, should we name it? I think I just did, didn't I? Oh. <laughs> um, old spiky rock. And then, um, of course, you know, we go, uh, we, as you always do in star Wars TV shows, you end up back on Tatooine. Um, <laughs> got, got to end up back on Tatooine. Don't you? Yep. Yeah. With, with, the, with the return of uh, little kid Luke. Um, right. You know, under we, we see a lot more of this time. We do, yes. Even but, but, even get the line. Yeah. But Paul, um, do you want to meet him? <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, that line made the whole series for me. That they actually got a. They got I, a hello I will there also and, say, I I did. So I only watched the thing once, but I did rewind to listen to him say "hello there" again because his <laughs> "hello there" was so perfectly like halfway between. The Ewan McGregor hello there from the prequels and the Alec Guinness hello there from A New Hope. It was like, it was really good. I feel like I'm really, I feel like Ewan McGregor did a really good job. It sounded like, it sounded exactly like, yep, he's like halfway in between. It was wild. I thought they might have done something with his voice. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it sounded really good. It's very good. funny that hello there is Obi-Wan's catchphrase, which I, I think is awesome. It is. I, I mean, I get, we could basically thank the prequels for that. So, uh, which 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 bit do we want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about uh, Spiky Planet or Tatooine? Let's talk about the Spiky Planet duel. Okay, let's do it. Um, I think what's interesting, a couple things are interesting about that. Um, first, a, a weird nitpick is like Star Wars has a weird geometry for how they fit little ships inside of bigger ships. Um, cause it seems like none of the little ships that come out of the bigger ships should be able to fit in there and also have, you know, people and engines and other things in them. Um, but so be it like Obi-Wan launches a ship, like two thirds the size of the original ship. Yes. Uh, that, that did seem weird. I mean, that's like, that's, that's going back from you know, whatever the previous episode where, where you had the magical appearing ship from behind the other one as right. well. Like just weird stuff going on with ships. So what did you guys say? So the fight is really broken up into like two parts, right? There's the prior to Obi-Wan getting buried um, and then Obi-Wan's revenge where he, um, you know, gets out of there and, and can fight back. And I thought it was, I thought it was a really good lightsaber fight. I think they've really dialed up the interactive light on the lightsabers like to 15 <laughs> for this fight. Like the blue and the red was just like all over the place. Um which worked for this fight. It was like super atmospheric. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, we talked, in a, yeah. And we talked last time or a couple episodes ago about, um, about like how good the lightsaber fights are now and how well choreographed they are. Um, and I mean, I thought that of this one too, like, like I thought it, it felt 
like it's well choreographed. You can tell what's happening and it feels brutal at the same time. Like it doesn't feel like fencing exactly like, it, you know, which it definitely shouldn't with Vader and specifically this Vader. Like you can feel his like anger and desperation with like every like time he swings that lightsaber. I like that a lot. This might have been my favorite lightsaber duel. I can't think of one that I thought was better and not and like not crossing into too hammy, which was, you know, I think some of the prequels were just like so over the top. Yeah, the prequel ones, it's like they're like, 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 especially I think of like the Yoda and Count Dooku one at the end of Attack of the Clones, where it's like the idea of it, the idea of it was awesome. But then like the more you see it, the more you look back at it, it's like, well, this is kind of ridiculous. Like how much he's like flipping around and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, this was really good. I really liked, um, you know, I've said this before, but I continue to think that, you know, all of Vader's dialogue is just really good in terms of like, it feels like Hayden Christensen, Anakin dialogue and Vader dialogue at the same time. And then, of course, they make that literal later on by having it kind of be both their voices once his uh, once his mask gets shattered. Uh, I don't think. Oh, spoiler alert. I don't think this is a unpopular opinion, but um, realize watching this show that um, my favorite character in Star Wars is Darth Vader. Yeah, I mean, anytime he's on scene, I'll, it's just an un- unbelievable. And I thought he was super well executed in the show and in this episode in particular. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I, would, I mean, I would one of the major things the show had to do was, or chose to do was bridge the gap between the prequels and the original trilogy. And I think like Nish, you were saying how like um, Ewan McGregor is really bridging from, you know, the younger Ewan McGregor to the Alec Guinness character. This series did a lot to bridge the Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader, uh, which yeah, I feel like did. is a really tough needle to thread. And I feel like they, they did a really good job, all things considered. Uh, I think one of the hardest things to do, um, oh, let me let me rephrase that. I think one of the easiest things to do would have been fuck up Darth Vader's character. Like they could have really botched it pretty badly. And if the show wasn't great and Obi-Wan didn't come out so great people could still point to alec guinness being brilliant and everything being awesome but i think everybody's chief complaint bringing back luke skywalker and han solo is those are pretty hard characters to bring back and i overwhelmingly don't think they did a great job with that sure they did a they did a phenomenal job with darth and frankly um i think yeah it's the first uh, i can't remember if it's the first part of the lightsaber duel or the second part but might be the first real tears in Star Wars that I can remember that are like real. And I was like, whoa, that's some good fucking acting. Yeah, it, it's the second part, I think. Right. Like, I, I think it's when his mask has been smashed and he kind of he gives that great line. I think oh. about like you didn't. What, what, what do you say? Like you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like I did like like that. Yeah. That whole part. Yeah. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He, got, he got upset when seeing his face. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, peeling back the curtain for what we'll talk about later. Um, I have issues with this episode. Darth Vader is not oh. one of them. <laughs> he's 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 yeah. I I thought he was great. Like like you said, well, he just done really well. Yeah, I mean, this is the episode where we've nitpicked parts of things. This episode, I felt like the nitpicks got too big for me. <laughs> like like I felt like oh, there really? there was way too much in this that I was like. It took me out of big, big chunks of the episode. Not really that really? fight, though. If we want, I can, I can, I can get to my nitpick here, which is kind of an obvious one. I'm sure it's a one that other people have brought up, which is that 
I know Darth Vader can't die for obvious reasons, but why on earth would Obi-Wan not have killed him? Why? What, what possible reason would he have not killed him there? He has just said, my friend is truly dead. The reason he wouldn't have killed him, which is that Anakin is there, he is discarding. Why would he not kill him? Doesn't make any sense to me. Makes no sense that those two beats would follow each other. That he would basically say out loud, then my friend is truly dead or whatever it is, and then leave. I mean, there's a couple things there, right? That I mean, Darth buries him in rocks. He doesn't know he's dead. He's just like, I'm just... And same thing with Reva. He stabs him. All he's got to do is like chop their head off and stab, him, stab her three more times. He just kind of leaves him. He's like, yeah... I'm sure they're dead. I'm going to walk away now. Right. There's a lot of that. And and I feel like, yeah, I, I think that was generally an issue and maybe not just with this show. It's a bit of a Star Wars issue to some extent. Um, but like, I understand why he would have left him like back in Mustafar at the end of Revenge of the Sith, because it's like he doesn't know what he's going to turn into or anything like that. And as far as you know, he's dead and he still is still Anakin to him. So he can't doesn't really feel like he can kill him. Like, he's not trying to chop off his limbs there. It's what happens because Anakin keeps coming at him. Um, but, like, here, it's kind of like he's not Anakin anymore. Like, you've just admitted that. Like, I recognize that for the, obviously, for every reason, he can't die there. But I felt like there was a better way to write that. Like, I don't know how this would have happened. But, like, what if they fight each other? He says the same thing. He's weakened there. And then somehow he gets, like like, you know, like, the Inquisitor comes or whatever, like the ship comes and they like haul him back in and leave. And then Obi-Wan says, then, you know, my friend is truly dead and leaves. He still gets to get the realization that it's like, okay, like there is no, he's more machine now than man. Like there's no, like there's no Anakin there anymore, really. But like, you don't have this thing of like, well then why didn't you kill him? Like it, it really made no sense to me. Like other than that, Obviously, Darth Vader can't die um, right there. But like I, I in in movie or in in, you know, in universe, it didn't make sense to me as to why right there he wouldn't have finished him off. It didn't even dawn on me, to be honest yeah. with you. The thing that took me most off guard was like, oh, shit, Obi-Wan won. I thought there was just I didn't even see there was a shot that he was going to win that lightsaber duel. I'm like, damn right he just beat darth vader i didn't think there was a chance of that happening so i think i was taken so off guard by it that i was like kind of i didn't even think about it to be honest with you yeah i didn't think about it either like it didn't even occur to me until you just said it but it's an excellent point and i wish i i wish i had a way to refute it or something to point out but like yeah, i can't it, think of anything it's like yeah you're right yeah could have could have avoided a lot of pain for millions of people <laughs> but yeah yeah so, yeah, that was I mean, uh, up until that point, I really liked that. Like, like, that's still probably my favorite sequence of this episode. You know, that that entire fight, I thought it was really well done. I loved the dialogue and and between them, I felt like there was a lot of emotion. Like you said, Willie, I just felt like at the end it was like, well, that doesn't make sense. So that was kind of unfortunate for me anyway. Fair, totally fair. What do you think about what do you think about Obi-Wan getting his force power from seeing Luke and Leia? That's basically where he got his mojo back, right? He, he'd been punching that beef the previous episodes, but this is, you know, this is, this is the real deal here. I was I was okay with it. I, you know, I, I have like, I, I think we'll get to that, I guess. Because I, I feel like I have thoughts on now that the show is over, like the overall plot of the entire thing from start to finish. But I, I think it gets more to that. 
It, I didn't, mean, it, I, it didn't bother me too much. I mean, it was kind of hokey, but Star Wars has hokey moments. I mean, yeah. And, and yeah. I liked it insofar as like if it represents Obi-Wan going from like an inevitable confrontation to having something to fight for and yeah. him drawing strength from that. Like, I think it works in that way. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Do we do we want to move to the other uh, main main fight? Yeah, the, I think so. Uh, Reva versus Owen and Baru. In so oh, much oh, as boy. it's a I fight. I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, after that whole series was over, looking back in retrospect, I know you need something else to focus on to move the series along. That's not Garth and Obi-Wan. But afterwards, I was like, what a waste of a character. For, like, I just like... For Reva, for you're Reva. saying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I felt like there was really... Wasn't a great arc, and it was a weird arc, is is what I thought, and and I don't think it's fair to Moses Ingram, who I think did a good job with with what she was given. I think lots of people liked her a lot in this show, yeah. and I I liked her, but I don't. I I found her character like when I really thought about what her motivation was at any given time, it was like hard to like, it was hard to like, just just hard to like empathize with it to some degree or, or hard to like be like yeah if i was in that place that like i might have made these choices like which would you know um all right so there so there's a part that you already that we already mentioned which is kind of the fact that it's like yeah like i don't understand how everybody but qui-gon survives these like lightsaber stabbings even if <laughs> vader didn't go back and finish the job it's like this isn't just like a wound from a sword it's like a lightsaber goes clean through you like, does nobody right. have organs? Like, what she has no in, no intestines. Yeah, like it's like, or or even, or if she was, I I can't, I don't remember if it was like low or I, I feel like it was maybe midsection. But in that case, it's like I guess she has no lungs. Like, like what? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe I, she doesn't. Maybe maybe they're all in different places. Like, I never know whether to think that these people are humans or not. Right. So. I mean, I I kind of think like, um, I kind of think that it would have been maybe even better if she had succumbed to her wounds at the end. Um, I mean, maybe they have plans for her and we'll see her again and, and maybe it's good, but if they don't like it, kind like, like I feel like that would have been even a little bit better at the end than her just kind of like, like I kind of imagine at the end, like everybody walks off and like Obi-Wan helps her up and they just kind of look at each other and it's like, all right, I'll see you later. And like, they just kind of walk off in opposite directions. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, like one issue I had with so so maybe before I get to an issue, like I liked even if it maybe felt a little silly at times. It's like I like that uh, that you know if you're gonna have Joel Edgerton there, it's like I like that he had something to do, and uh, and I liked that Baru got some lines <laughs> and, and got to do stuff more than she did in the prequels anyway. The same actress, um, but yeah, I, I didn't mind that. Like you know, defend them. It it, it was nice to see like. You know, all we really know Owen as, like, besides, like, the little we see him in the prequels is, like, is, like, crotchety old guy who doesn't want Luke to, like, you know, to leave Tatooine, basically. It was, like, it was nice to see him, like, act in some kind of, like, loving way, like, a way that kind of evinced that it's, like, yeah, he cares for Luke. So mm-hmm. I, I I like that. Like, I, I, I thought that was pretty nice to see. Um, I thought the lighting in this whole episode was a little weird. Did, did you guys feel that too? Like it felt like this is obviously on purpose. Cause I've seen some things like that and I don't want it to look fake, but like 
the backgrounds had this weird like matte painting look to them both on tatooine and on spiky rock planet yeah i think i think i know what you mean yeah and and maybe that was intentional because i don't know why it wouldn't be but it i do think it looked a little weird like it looked very sound stagey at times like like i'm thinking about like at the end like after reva comes back and like they're all there in the dark and she like comes back and or maybe it's even before that when obi-wan first is there with owen and beru and they're like looking for it for luke at night but like i just remember seeing them and they look very clear and the background is all this like muddy muddy darkness and it's like i don't remember tatooine looking like this in like the night in the mandalorian or in book of boba fett like it's like this very clear look to it although it's like the dark desert and i don't know why it was i don't know why they chose to make it look that way like i noticed it in a way that was kind of like this looks weird yeah, so. it, it, I, I for what it's worth, I noticed it too, which you know I I normally wouldn't or wouldn't necessarily. So it did it did stand out to me too. I, I'm not entirely sure what they're going for there, except like, I mean, they did a lot with you know atmospheric light in this right. in this episode in particular. So maybe they were pulling on that thread too. And then my other thing. So this is an honest question because I may have just missed something. So I got you know, that she's like, it feels very clear, right? That, it, that like I'm the, the way I took everything that he, she says to Obi-Wan at the end and like her flashes as she's looking at Luke and trying to, trying to like, trying to will herself to kill him, but she can't do it. Mm-hmm. That she knows that he is Anakin's son. How does she know that? How on earth does she know that he's Anakin's son? Because she basically says, I couldn't do it. He killed all those people and I couldn't do it. And and she said she wanted justice. And my take on that is that she is going after this kid in particular because she knows that this is Anakin's son. There's no other reason for her to go after Luke. Why on earth would she do it? Jimmy Spitz doesn't let that drop in his message. He just says the children. If he finds out about the children, not his children, I, I went back and listened. And then he says the boy. He never says like his children. I don't think so. Anyway, I, I thought I went back and listened, and it said the children. Maybe I'm wrong. I, maybe it, maybe I mean, it was I mean, his children. You could be right. I mean, this is also her her entire plan. You know, hinges on the fact that there's only one person named Owen that lives on the entire planet. So right, uh, right. There's that too, uh, which works. Fortunately, it works out for her, I guess. Yeah. But. It did um, also make me think about the idea of like, like Tatooine's a planet, like which I, I thought about. And it's like, how big a planet is Tatooine? Is it like way, way, way smaller than Earth? Because it's yeah, like it's about the size of a uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, it kind of feels that way sometimes, right? Because it's like, I mean, you can travel for days or whatever, but it's still, it's like you got Mos Eisley and Mos Espa and Anchorhead, and it's like, and it's like that's kind of all you got. You got like four cities there, and it's like, how big is this planet? It's a planet. Like, how big is this? But anyway. Like, could you imagine coming to Earth and being like looking for Owen or like or like just or just pick some really weird name? Like, what if Owen's a really weird name on Tatooine still like you go to Earth and just go to some random city and be like that you were on before and be like, I'm looking for Umbuglu. And it's like, oh, yeah, I know Umbuglu on this planet because like, right. I know everybody it's on the, the planet. Around. She already knew who Owen was. She had met him before. Well, she I knew know, Anne but Owen. She, she knew, knew, she knew Owen. Owen. The right Owen on that planet. Right. Very, very clearly yeah. she did. I mean, it makes sense that that's where she'd start. It just feels weird that 
she'd think that she could find Owen. <laughs> but you're right. Place. It does seem like she, like and and I didn't know. I didn't even think about it at the time. But yeah, it does like seem like she knows that that's Anakin's kid. Um. So I don't I know. Do kind of. Is she trying I to hurt Obi Wan in that moment? I, I'm not sh- like. Could that be what she was thinking? Like, I don't know. I don't think so because because that like was, I that said, that was like, my take. By the way, my my take was not that she knew it was Anakin's kid. It was that this kid was important to Obi Wan, and she was trying to get her revenge on him. I didn't think so because because like I said, like when she's going to maybe that's I I wasn't sure why she was going after him to begin with. Uh, but, but when but she's Obi Wan shows up, so right. she could have then got her revenge directly on him. Right, and and when she's going to kill Luke. She has that flashback, right? And and obviously she's flashing back first to like, oh, I'm here about to kill Luke and I'm thinking of Anakin about to kill me when I was a youngling. Mm -hmm. And I understood that part where it's like, oh, am I becoming like, am I becoming like this person I hate? But then she actually like has a vision of Darth Vader. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's thinking, am I going to turn into Darth Vader? So maybe those visions mean something different than what I thought they did. But she very, she very clearly says to Obi-Wan when she comes back and says, I couldn't do it. And he said he killed all those people and I couldn't do it. Like, and right. and that made me feel that coupled with the, like, I'm here for justice. Like it did make it very much sound that it was like, I wanted to do this to get back like at Vader the only way I could. And I couldn't even do that, but maybe I'm wrong. And, and, and she said that, and she kind of intimated that she was dishonoring the memories of those people he had killed by not killing this kid. Right. And then he's like, no, like you showed mercy. Like you're, you're honoring them by like, not taking a life, basically. Yeah, it, I don't it, know. it did read to me like she knew, which I never yeah. really interrogated until now. You're giving me a lot to think about in this episode, Nish. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things don't yeah. really bother me. I don't know. Why, like, these kinds of things it. don't usually bother me, but I don't know why. In this one, it was just like it overwhelmed me a little bit. There's one more that I'll, I'll get to. Oh, oh don't ruin anything yeah. else for me. Well... It has to do with the two things, which is just like this. It, uh, this one you guys might have might have picked up on as well. But it's like the space time of this doesn't work, does it? Like, so here's the thing. Like, she goes to Tatooine. He's God knows where, but it's like not near Tatooine. Like, I, I don't get the sense that like, like, I, I don't know, unless Jabim and Tatooine are like right next to each other. Who knows? But like what I assumed at first, right. Is that these two things were not happening concurrently. Cause, mm-hmm. cause I figured it's like, okay, midway through, I figured it's like, okay, probably what's going to happen here is like, Obi-Wan obviously has to escape this fight, whether he wins it or not. He has to escape this fight and he's going to go back to Tatooine to, to try to protect Luke because he, he at least got the thing from, or, or at the very least he's going to go to Tatooine because he knows that Bail Organa is going there from the message. So he has to like meet him there at the very least, even if he doesn't know anything else is happening. But I figured what was happening is that the two fights aren't actually happening concurrently. That really what's happening is like Revis traveling to Tatooine the entire time that the Vader Obi-Wan fight is happening. Because that's the only way that it makes sense that Obi-Wan gets there like really only hours after Reva gets there. Well, but then it made that then it was made clear after the Vader fight that like he see he he has a force whatever in real time that Luke is in trouble and goes to Tatooine. How the fuck does he get to Tatooine so quickly? So From wherever the fuck he is. 
B button. Here's here's my <laughs> take on it is that he doesn't actually get there that quickly because my take on it was that they said, you know, she will attack when the sun goes down. So basically like that whole bit happens like at sundown and judging from the lighting, I was assuming that Obi-Wan basically gets there at like the next morning. So he like hyperspaces for like eight hours and then, and but then that still there. seems unlikely to me anyway. I mean, I'm just thinking about, I'm, I'm thinking about the Mandalorian where it's like they are traveling for long periods of time to get in between star systems, even at hyperspace a lot, like when, when he's able to go right. to hyperspace, this feels like it's like, well, it took him a day at, at most 12 hours to get from like wherever the fuck he was to Tatooine, which seems it, it just doesn't seem likely to me. But I don't know. Maybe they've never done a great job of, you know, because they've never probably cared to of, you know, explaining how long it takes to get from one place to another. Like now, now that I think about it, it's like, who knows how long they're on the Millennium Falcon before they get to Alderaan? Is it right? Is it a week where they're playing fucking whatever chess? Is it is it like are the yeah or or like are they there for like five hours? Like who knows? Right, it could be either one. Right, there's it like could really be any no period of time. Yeah, yeah. I always assumed in my head it was like a decent period of time because like they have enough time where they're like doing all the you know all the training with the blaster and the little droid thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that was a thing that also like I, I was very confused on like the timing of like how this all worked, because like it didn't seem possible that like those things could be happening. I, yeah. I guess the other thing was like, I, I guess I guess what I'm thinking is like. It feels like it would have taken Obi-Wan the same amount of time to get to Tatooine from wherever he was as it took for Riva to get to Tatooine from Jabim. But why they do just you think go at different times, but, right? But all of that feels weird to me. I don't know. But why do you think it didn't take Obi Wan the same amount of time it took Reva? I don't know. I guess I just felt like it's like they're being chased for some period of time, going in who knows what direction by a star destroyer, and then he takes another ship and goes like off some other way. And it just feels weird that after all that, it's like, oh, and it still just took them in, like, like that wouldn't have pulled them away some distance. Like, like they just I mean, happened was, to be in some perfect, like, equilateral triangle, like, thing well, to get there. I mean, the, that whole bit where they're trying to fly, I mean, they basically fly to the next planet in the system. Like, which, even that would be impossible at, like, sublight speeds, right? Like, that would yeah, take, yeah, you yeah. Know, I guess that's months fair. and months. So it, it's just weird that they end up on spiky rock planets. Like, that shouldn't be there. They're, they're way too close to Jabim. Uh, right so star destroyer question yeah who was shooting green green laser beams i always thought i always remember them being red nope always no, green. green i i used to think that too and then i was like oh no the the bad guys shoot green and the good guys shoot red yeah the x-wings shoot red they reverse that one huh yeah exactly that's that's i think why i always thought the other way around because like well the lightsabers yeah, yeah. I don't know why that Star Destroyer doesn't have any TIE Fighters on it, but I guess it doesn't. Right. That's a interesting one. I also, I also like how they continued trying to make Roken happen throughout this episode, in the beginning <laughs> oh, of this episode. Man. It's like, guys, stop trying to make Roken happen. Like, no, no, offense, no offense to Little Cube or anything, but like... But they really tried. They really, really tried to, to make us feel connected to this guy. I'm no. actually surprised there was no wrap-up of... 
you know, the path slash the rebel people at the end. Right. Like they right. just kind because of remember, take off and that's Remember, right. he was just getting started. <laughs> it's like he's getting his own show. That's right. Q Roken season one, the book of Roken. The other question that I had, so a question that I had just, just confused me was at the end when they're on Alderaan and Leia's like getting dressed or whatever and she goes over to the platform and she's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, we're going to change a few things. And I'm like, what is she going to do? Like, did they talk about something that I don't remember or like, what is she doing? She's, gonna, she's wearing boots and a fucking holster and she's not wearing a dress. <laughs> That's what she's doing? Yeah, I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> she's not, like, dressing like a girl, quote-unquote. I guess, yeah. I, 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 That, I guess, makes enough sense. I, I also took it the way you did, Paul, that there was, like, some unnamed, like, ideas she had for, like, further changes and, like, the way things were, and I didn't really know what the way things were, like, how far that expanded, like protocol like what what she's supposed to do as a princess like actually running the kingdom like i don't know well, they made a big deal of showing you her boots and her holster yeah, yeah, yeah. no i know that part well but doesn't that doesn't that mirror it. the beginning the when she was like getting dressed and like because you don't no, in both cases you don't see her face and i thought that i thought they were trying to lead you down the path that like oh leah's leah's up to her her old tricks this isn't her she's got her friend doing it again and then they reveal that it is her Right. Yeah, but her but her friend was wearing like you know whatever crazy fucking princess moccasins yeah. and you know a full on dress. And you and never shit. thought and that that like wasn't gloves yeah. and shit and whatever you know. And you never thought that that wasn't Leia. I mean, you've had six episodes of seeing what Leia looks like. And you know it's her from the back, and she puts on that holster, and it's like, well, of course yeah. it's going to be Leia <laughs> at that point. Yeah, and she's got the hair. The, she's got the little kid version of the hair and all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has, she's got a healthy fear and respect to flee these days. She is not running into the woods. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and as, she never went into should. the woods again. <laughs> That's right. That woods full of, she run into woods flee. is full of fleas. <laughs> those, those boots are just for decoration these days. They are not for hiking. No, definitely not. I wonder I, what happened to Lola. What do you mean? You know, uh, when she well, grew up. No, I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, obviously Lola, like they can't retcon Lola and nor would they want her to end it. But, you know, it's like droids don't die or anything. So it's not like it's it's not like it's like, oh, well, Lola passed away. And it's like, but like, <laughs> like, I guess she just, you know, outgrew Lola at some point or gave gave Lola to some younger cousin. Maybe if she's anything like my kid, she played with Lola for another week and then forgot she ever existed. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> so, so she's in a garbage bag with her other stuff. Droids. <laughs> Because God knows you can't donate those bitches. I, I did. I did not see the reveal coming of like, well, how are they going to explain that they don't seem to know each other? Of like Obi Wan just being like, and we can't tell anybody about this, right? And they never did. The right. end. <laughs> I kind of yeah, kind of liked that. Like it. Like it was so ham handed, but it was like kind of like, all right, well, you you did cover that better than covering better than the fact of not covering the fact that it's like. So I don't know. It's like, did Luke like? fucking hit his head on a rock at some point and just forget about all this like no no he, no i mean he, I I mean, yes, he, doesn't, he did hit his head on a rock well yes i know he doesn't know who obi-wan is right like he just meets him he does he just knows this is old man ben right and that's how he but knows who he is that's not oh, the ben part of, that's that not guy. the part i'm talking about though like you mean almost getting murdered by a by a by a scary not jedi with a with a with lightsaber. The lightsaber yes yes 
that's not the kind of thing that you then proceed to nine years later be like you know whatever if what what does he say like the furthest place from, from like for that anything like nothing ever happens here and all that kind of stuff it's like except for that time i was 10 years old and like fucking the scary lightsaber guy person like came after me in the middle of the night and my like aunt and uncle had blasters and were like firing at him and telling me screaming at me to run into the desert <laughs> you have no idea that would scar a kid of- you have no idea the amount of cognitive behavioral therapy Luke has been through in the last decade. Right. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go with that. He's my, been... my read on that was like when Owen was like, "Oh, the Tuscan Raiders are back." That like this is kind of a thing that happens every once in a while. And yes, it's not usually a, a woman with a lightsaber, um, but it is like not the most unusual thing in the world to be like, "Oh, we have some trouble." Dude. And like, here's our plan for when there's trouble, kind of a thing. But That's did fair. Luke actually see her? Ever. Um, not really, actually. Did he see her when he was, uh, when he's like, when she gets to that place and like, he's like up on the rock going like past her, but you don't really see her him very well, but was he not even looking at her when he did no, that? No, he wasn't even looking at her. He was just running away and like, didn't even know she was there when his, his feet get taken out. So he may not even have really seen her. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's possible. Uh, Poor Luke. Go go hide in the grain silo over there. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that is nice is that what we feared would happen when we talked about it in the last episode did not happen. Luke and Leia did not meet each other, even in passing. Oh, you're right. Thank <laughs> yes. Christ, that didn't happen. Yeah, that was good. We, we, we feared they would go that route. Did you guys appreciate Qui-Gon showing up? Yeah. Or were you like, man, what the fuck? You waited until the last five seconds of this thing i i think i i guess i wished like i would have liked it maybe maybe they didn't want to go this route because they wanted like you said like luke and leia and things like that to be the reason he got his mojo back but i kind of liked our idea a little more of like qui-gon being the person to kind of train him back into into kind of fighting shape yeah um but we should but, have, but, we should have written this yeah. but, it, but but it was okay I mean, it was just nice to see liam neeson we knew we knew he was most likely coming it would have been a real weird thing if they kept setting up Qui-Gon. I want to say, I want to talk to Qui-Gon. I want to talk to Qui-Gon and then just have him never show no up. No Qui-Gon. Right. Exactly. But it was so nice to see him. I'm glad Liam Neeson came. The uh, more, not necessarily surprising because like, why wouldn't he show up? But it was, I wasn't expecting to see Ian McDermott show up to get, to get yeah, the Emperor at that oh. little part at the end. Let's talk about that little part because I thought that little part was really interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and I actually, I actually liked it, and I think that there's like, there's, and 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 I like what the emperor does here to like play Vader a little bit, and yeah, and I think there's there's a couple of reasons he could have done it to be like, you know, you need to forget about him. Insofar as like one, like he he legit like thinks that like Obi Wan will kill Vader if Vader doesn't like let it go, kind of because Vader like actually can't control himself around Obi Wan. Or, or two, like, and I think this is the most more interesting option. He's afraid that if Vader actually deals with this, like, it will heal him a little bit. So he essentially wants Vader to leave it unresolved, like, forever. So it's, like, something that always bothers him. And he never, like, he, he doesn't actually want him to deal with his past. He wants him to, like, stuff it down inside and pretend like he has. Right, because it, it will further his anger and rage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. That that explanation. Um 
a little bit makes makes a lot of sense because it it fits then with kind of how he feels when he confronts Obi-Wan at the end of a new well not at the end but in their last duel in in a new hope a little bit that he'd be carrying around like even though he had kind of not been openly looking for him for the last nine years that he'd be like openly like you know still have this unfinished business basically with him that he wanted to take care of right what do you guys think about um kind of the blending of sounds when vader got his helmet chopped in half i liked it yeah very well done i thought yeah and 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 i just liked hearing hayden be like hayden's voice at least partially hayden's voice be able to kind of deliver those lines and i really liked like it was a little hard to tell but like he definitely gives like this smile kind of right when he says the like when he says i'm like i did like i I forget what the line is, but like basically, like I killed Anakin Skywalker. Yes, he, he de- yeah. there's definitely a little smirk there when he says that. Yeah, and I love that. I, I love that he did that. I felt like it was chilling, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your only beef with that scene was that the end part. No, other, otherwise, I thought like like I said, I thought that whole lightsaber duel and all the dialogue was great. Like that that whole thing. That moment when he chopped his helmet open and Obi-Wan starts to get teary-eyed was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is powerful mm-hmm. acting. And what, you know, we've talked about it a million times as we've talked about this, but great shot with like the tears in his eyes and the reflection of the lightsabers and in his yeah. eyes and everything. Yeah. It's, it's just really well done. If we're talking about like emotional moments, I also want to call out them bringing back like a whole bunch of original trilogy themes in the music at the end. Yeah. Like each time they did it with like the Imperial March and mm-hmm. the um, Force theme. And, and yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, Leia's theme, like all Leia's of those theme, yeah. in there, like each one, I was like, oh, yeah, this, I love this music. Um, <laughs> it was so yeah. cool. I thought the music overall was good. This was, um, I believe the score for this, I mean, obviously these are John Williams' themes, but like this, the overall score was Natalie Holt who uh, did the score for Loki. Uh, mm. Also, I really like, like I, I want to hear her stuff in more things. Cause I really like the music for Loki as well. And I like what she did with like different themes and stuff and kind of weaving them together in this, uh, in, in the whole show. Getting to the craft yeah. side of things. Need a, a, a Rokan theme song. That's right. Yeah, for the for the Roken spinoff. Oh wow! Yep. Star Wars: The Path. Yeah, those people just floated off. I feel like they were hoping that that would like kind of catch on and, and potentially become a spinoff. I mean, it still might. Yeah, it still could. I mean, I think there's there is there's potential in a general sense for like the stories of like what was going like what happened to people who were force sensitive like during this whole empire time who were like trying to be shepherded away and that kind of thing. I just don't know that they did a great job of that as a subplot in this show and with these characters. They should have made Tala that character to take them away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they needed someone to kind of someone important in the show to kind of have a sacrifice. And so it was her, but, but she was definitely the best of the, like, you know, characters you know who aren't like the main main characters in this i you know i liked her a decent amount like she was one who you actually had a decent amount of character stuff from and in a more natural way and maybe it was just that you know that actress is pretty good or whatever but it like it felt so shoehorned in with some of the others 
and like along those lines like i felt disappointed like i feel like there was more potential i don't know where they would have put it in necessarily but like the idea of like a con man fake jedi is cool but like there was way more talking about that than there was actually showing like except in that very opening part when you first meet kumail like i i I felt like they could have done more with that character quite honestly and it could have been kind of a fun cool character um but it was like you know that that's not the story they were telling and it was like very much just like uh we'll throw this we'll throw this character in like for a couple lines here and there so that you remember they exist but i wouldn't have minded a show where like that character was actually a fairly significant one helping obi-wan on his journey like you know like like not not han solo because han solo is a huge huge character but like that kind of character as like a sidekick ish kind of thing for a couple episodes would have been kind of nice could be a fun spinoff yeah or season two, if we get a season two, which... Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What do you mean? Hmm? You think we'll get a season two? That's what I was just going to ask. Is like, I feel like they... Personally, I feel like they left the door open enough without... Like, they, they, they could do it either way, right? Because, like, yeah. there's, like, hey, Obi-Wan talking to Jimmy Smith, and he's like, you know, if you ever need me again, you know where to find me. And then he's kind of like, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but it could. But let's hope it doesn't. But it might. But maybe it won't, you know. There's like a lot of that back and forth. Right. It feels... I, I don't know what they would do with the season two. Like, like realistically, like... Like, how many adventures can this guy go on in this interim period? Like, he's supposed to be a hermit. At the end, like, by the time we meet him, kind of. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, he, if, could, he could go on two or three adventures in 20 years. Well, we only got nine years left because it's oh, already true. ten years in. Um, um, but if they do do yeah. a season two, like I don't think like you know the Organas aren't necessarily like Leia's not involved. Vader's probably not. Vader's in not it. involved. Yeah, yeah. Because Vader, this, this kind of has the way they've ended it. Like this has to be the last time Vader sees Obi Wan before they see each other in in A New Hope. Yeah, I think so. Because 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 this fits really well now, like the way they've ended it with like how they would how that picks up there. But yeah, I, I, it would have to be a completely different like story that, yeah, like you said, doesn't deal with any of these characters, basically. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I thought there'd be, I thought there was potential for a Yoda. I'm glad there was action of some sort. Yeah, I'm glad there, I'm glad there wasn't. wasn't too. Also, by the way, like quick fact check when I mentioned that Wookie from mandalorian mm-hmm. or oh, yeah uh boba, boba, fett. boba fett yeah and you guys are like that's like forever ago i'm like when i watched the prequels the other day i mean fucking chewbacca was in the prequels i know these wookies definitely they live a long time yeah <laughs> clearly they, they live a long time this, this, this wookie could have been there yeah i mean <laughs> let's not talk this about this wookie che- whose name you can't yeah. even remember <laughs> let's not talk about yeah. chewbacca being in the prequels it's like that's like it, it's not the worst part of the prequels, but that like that whole idea is like some of the worst stuff in the prequels. This need Chewbacca to have is the one that saves you. I know like, like it couldn't just be some other fucking Wookiee. Right. I, I really do think in, you know, a lot of these like legacy sequels or whatever, like I feel like they've gotten the art of fan service much more dialed in than say like in the prequel era where it was like very ham fisted. And, and I'm not yes. saying like, 
this, the prequels weren't the only thing that did ham-fisted fan service. It was very common right. to the point where like it was kind of just thought of, uh, thought of as a bad thing to do. And now I feel like they've actually gotten pretty good at it. Like I've also been watching um, um, Star Trek Picard, and there's a decent amount of fan service in that show too, but it's good, and I'm here, and I like it, and it's not, you know. The, You're a sucker for nostalgia, Paul. You really are. Well, you, I'm an you old like man nostalgia. now. You like it in your films, and I feel like they figured out how to do nostalgia quite well. Yeah, it's like a Counting Crows song. It's all the same, baby. Don't ever bring those Counting Crows up again. <laughs> <laughs> they all sound the same, but you like that one song. No, I don't like that one song. <laughs> and they sound all the same. And they sound all the same. I feel less that They're way about like, Counting Crows and more that way about Gin Blossoms. Remember Gin Blossoms? Every song. Every song. Every song had the same bass line. Doom, 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 doom. It's like easy. Which one was that? Till I Hear It From You? No, that was Allison Road. <laughs> Fuck. My bad. <laughs> Or was it Hey Jealousy? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was Hey Jealousy yeah. for sure. Anyway, not to re-rail I'm, the podcast, but... Uh, if we, I'm at a Jim Blossom song, so don't worry. Found out about you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused, but till I hear it from you. That's right. So the last question I want to ask, regardless of whether or not you think there will be a season two, do you want there to be a season two of the show? That's complicated. Nope. Yeah, I, I, don't. I lean I don't. towards no. As much as I would like to continue seeing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, because he's just great. Um, it feels like I don't see how they could have a story that would make sense to make it happen. Honestly, and this kind of gets to not final thoughts, but like the overarching <laughs> thing. Like I now that it's all done, there's like part of me that feels like it's like, did they did they do a great job with this overall arc? Like from the point of view of what you said, Paul, before about like they need to get Obi-Wan. They need to bridge the gap for Obi-Wan and Vader between the ones we see in the prequels and the one we see in the original trilogy. That I think they did really well. The rest of it, I'm not so sure. Like it's like I, I still don't feel like I like the idea to have Leia so prominently involved with mm -hmm. the entire thing. I like the girl and I like I like kind of what it did for like, you know, sort of like reawakening like obi-wan's like sense of humanity in some way like being with her but like i don't know like it like even even with the explanations they give where it's like don't tell anybody and all that it just feels like it's like this is way too much interaction for me with him and the kids before he sees them in a new hope like for both of them it just felt it just all felt weird to me like it felt we just we just talked about how they got fan service way more right and i agree with you but like, I don't know. I know they needed a way to get him off Tatooine and there aren't that many ways he could get off Tatooine beyond like Leia. Like, I get that. I, I think that actually wasn't a bad idea. But like we said way back in the beginning of the show, like maybe it would have made sense for that to be the inciting event, but then for something else to happen beyond that. Mm. And like, and like Leia kind of gets returned fairly quickly and like something else happens. Yeah, I, I actually kind of think that this show could have been better as a movie, like a two and a half hour real tight version of this. Yeah. Um, I think could have been better. I agree. A, a lot of the things before this episode anyway, a lot of the things that we I was nitpicking as we talked about it are the kind of things that would have been cut out more or less in a in a movie. I think I think that's a really good call. 
I don't want a season two, but I wouldn't mind another season with more Vader. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think Obi Wan stuff is wrapped, and I'm fine with that. And I like I enjoyed the entire arc of Obi Wan. Didn't really dig on Reva's. Really liked Obi Wan Vader, and the rest of the stuff I could take or leave. I, for what it's worth, I think you probably will get more Vader just because he's such a relatively easy character to bring back because it's just a dude in a suit. Um, and then some digitally altered James Earl Jones. Um, and who knows how long before that's a completely CG generated voice. It'll probably have to be sometime soon. I mean, I hate to say that, but yeah, as, as we said, James Earl Jones is 90 years old. So, um, I mean, I would the, the 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 season two of this that I would love is the one they'll never make, which is like an unbelievably small stakes version of him just kind of like puttering around and like maybe meeting some people and like just like not doing much, but just like living his life on Tatooine um, and having a grand old time. Like just because I agree with you, Nish. Like I love Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. Like I think he's so good at it, and I would love to see more of it. Yeah. What would you repurpose him as? Like like a like a heist type of movie, or would you put him in like a grumpy old men type of movie where he gets like a roommate? No, I think it's more like it's a like, um, just like flip it to straight comedy. What do they call? Uh, what do they call um, like murder? She wrote. What, what what what's the genre of that? It's like it's not like a sleepy time murder show, but it's what's it called? I don't know. It's like a mystery. I thought, show, yeah, I thought right? it was just a, called a mystery show, but I, but but I know what you mean. It's like yeah. the hour-long mystery that it's like you know new characters each time kind of I mean, it just kind of wraps it up everything and, wraps up yeah at the end. yeah 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 Give me that you, know, you know you know what it would kind of be like is um do you, did you guys ever watch and i've only watched an episode or two but i'm sure you're aware of it the the old incredible hulk show the one with um lou ferrigno yeah the one with lou ferrigno yeah, yeah totally yeah like that was kind of like that a little bit where it's like he's wandering you know he he every episode he's like in some town he helps some people blah 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 and then at the end he's like hitchhiking again down the road going to the next stop you know that kind of deal where it's just it's almost like a not an anthology because anthology is like different stories entirely but it's like kind of this like very loosely connected the only thing in the only thing that is the same each episode is um is obi-wan i guess in this case it's kind of like what i thought in the beginning the mandalorian might be um, and what it was sometimes, occasionally, um, although there was obviously a through line to it and more of a through line later on. But like it was also, you know, the Mandalorian ended up being like some of the episodes were just like pastiches on like this well-worn like Western trope. Like and it's like, OK, let's see what this you know Western thing looks like in Star Wars land. And I like that. I liked like that idea, um, even if it would get old at some point. It would be kind of cool to see an Obi-Wan thing like that. I, I kind of agree with you. The Vader stuff, um, the only thing that might be tough with like another Vader show is that it's like from here on out, it's like it feels like whoever like either Vader is your protagonist, in which case you're watching him do awful things. And that's what like that's the show or you have a protagonist of some kind and they're going to lose <laughs> probably like it's one thing to yeah, have Obi-Wan okay. beating Vader, but you can't have too many people beating Vader or else Vader's not really Vader at that point anymore, is he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you just do no character development, just straight ass, badass Vader, and he just, yeah. you know, and it, and it's fill kind in, of like fill in a little. You can fill in a little more, even either before the the events of Obi Wan or after the events of Obi Wan. Just 
him just ruthlessly mowing his way through all these, you know, different right. people. Yeah. Whoever. I think you play it like kind of like a disaster, like a natural disaster movie where like Vader's a natural disaster. Like your goal is just to survive yeah. and and get out of there. And if you've done that, you win. Yeah. You can't beat the tornado. All you can do is escape it. Yeah, I would watch that. I would even potentially, I'm not saying I'm calling for this, but like if they did a show, we talked about, we, we mentioned Reva and you said like, it's like, well, you know, it's like they might want to save, we might see her later on. It's like, I could see a show where Reva's a major character where she no longer is like all hung up on the shit that she was hung up on here. And it's just like, yeah, she's like a pseudo reformed, but like not, not a good guy exactly, but someone who's like now kind of maybe trying to help in her own way, like force sensitive people. And she still has like her own issues and she's like, not very fun to be around, but like, that's kind <laughs> of what she is. Maybe she joins the path. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you could see something like that. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. An inquisitor show could be kind of cool just in general with some of the other inquisitor people. I mean, given I the, liked I liked Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess same. I should have known he was coming back. So I, I didn't think about it because I've never seen Rebels, but Rebels happens after this and he's right. in Rebels. So obviously he couldn't actually die. Right. But um, I, but I really liked his performance. Like, I, I just liked his line deliveries. Like, I don't know if that's like the same voice of it. Like if the guy in Rebels also has that same cadence, but it was a cool cadence. It was like a different kind of evil voice that I liked. Yeah, and given the casting behind the Inquisitors, like it wouldn't surprise me if we see them again. Yeah, because they were yeah, you had Rupert Friend and you had Sung Kang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you had that other one who right. shows up for one episode. Right. I don't even right. know if the I don't know if she gets a name or a title. I think she has a title that they I don't know if they mention it, but I think I, I looked in the casting and it was like, oh yeah, she's fourth sister, maybe? Twenty twenty eighth sister or whatever. Yeah. Can I ask um Star Wars lore question that you know, maybe we'll any know. <laughs> deep fan would probably smack me in the hand for you finally get to the land of Ray and, you know, Ben, whoever his, whatever, you know, Ky- her, her, Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah. The other Ben. And Kylo Ren <laughs> has the, uh, the red, the red guard there, right? Like the badass stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Do the Inquisitors become them? No, no, I don't think so, because they already exist in this, like in this earlier time. Like the those are, like in in you see them in Return of the Jedi, right? They're the Emperor's personal guard, and the the lore always was that like they are like ultimate badass fighters, but like you never see them fight in the original trilogy. You never see them do right. much of anything. But that was in the sequel trilogy. They kind of pay that off finally and say like, yeah. Oh yeah, these guys are actually badasses. Okay. I just figured because these inquisitors have like late sabers and shit, maybe that's who they become. It never hit me until we just said that. And maybe this was just obvious and I should have figured it, but it's like, so we establish here that Leia obviously not only knew Obi-Wan, but has like a big relationship with him knows him as Ben and then names her son Ben. Oh yeah. You didn't, that doesn't. Yeah, no, that, that I never thought about that until right now. Okay. Yeah. 
See, it all comes full circle. They pay it yeah. off. Yeah. 25 years later. That's right. Or whatever it is. Cozy mystery. I think that's what I was thinking of. Cozy Sorry, mystery. Sorry, said that again. A cozy mystery. Yeah. That's what they call them, really? I think so. Where like, oh. like you never see the crime, you never see the violence. They just talk about it later. So that doesn't. So, so Columbo is not a cozy mystery, right? Because oh you, you definitely see the go. crime sometimes. Fucking Columbo again, you guys. <laughs> I leave for one episode. I get forty-five minutes of Mrs. Fucking Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Mrs. Columbo yet. I don't know what kind of. I don't know if Mrs. Columbo is a cozy mystery or not because neither of us have ever seen an episode of Mrs. Columbo. It's in the vault with with Bambi. <laughs> <laughs>